You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. Today, before we hop into the show, a quick shout out to J-Hill Marketing and Creative Services, and in particular, the brand new editing house division, Bookmark, offering professional execution in all of your self-publishing projects. And you got that right because we are not interested as a sister company of SickBiz. We're not interested in any of your copyrights or your intellectual property. You get to keep those. We do it all at a fraction of the price of a traditional or vanity publisher. So thank you, J-Hill Marketing and Creative Services for funding this podcast and making our very existence possible. Isn't that trippy? It's kind of like praying to God. Oh, man, did I just offend a bunch of people. (laughs) We got to lighten up here. We got to lighten up. I'm flying solo today to talk about nurturing your relationships and yourself as you are on the come up and nurturing the relationships of the people who are closest around you, too. And this is very important. A lot of times what we need to know comes as a result of being in a place of desperation or from moving into a place of massive change. So we get to work very quickly and we neglect certain parts of our life as we are leveling up. We might neglect our relationships. We might start to feel ourselves split off from our significant others or partners. As the tables are turning, we might even feel more isolated from people and misunderstood. That what we're going through, the fear and the panic or anxiety, it's all going to go away. And also wondering why the heck do I have this fear, panic, anxiety when life seems to be, it just kind of hit a smooth groove, I guess. Well, to quote Robert, Robert, I'm sure you've said that at some point in our podcasting history. And everything that's going to explode is ours and ours alone. No one else has ever gone through this type of terrible trial, which is really related to first world privileged problems. I absolutely acknowledge that. That's what we're talking about today. So you can feel guilty for being uncomfortable for having abundance. But in short, if you're going to level up your business, you have to level up your life. So maybe you've seen a meme flying around lately. You know how I love memes. I like to look at the memes as signs from the other world or universe. And before you think I'm a complete kookaburra, I do look for signs, but every day when I wake up, I try to remain open to learning. That's my focus every single day. What am I supposed to be learning? What can I learn that will help me? So I tune into memes. Sometimes it's just a matter of sitting still, letting the information come because I've created an environment of peace for myself. So I look at memes as a guiding factor in my life. I will preface this by saying, I know that sounds ridiculous because maybe the memes that you're seeing in your newsfeed don't seem like they should be or would be a guiding factor. Maybe they seem more humorous in nature, but I've done a massive amount of cutting out of a bunch of garbage and negativity on my newsfeed. I simply won't allow it. I will not interact with people who have that type of energy or vibration coming from them. So I see little glimpses and little sneaky peekies into enlightenment and insights 
that has been shared from these credible sources, what I view as credible sources that are helpful for me. So, and this comes into, and this is a little side tangent here. I'm actually writing a, an article regarding retargeting and how that's controlling a certain percentage of what your mind is absorbing. So how we have to be responsible with the type of information received. If that is not a reason to clean up your feed, I don't know what is. So long way around back to the topic of this meme. And that is if you're a lottery winner, but you don't have the mindset, you haven't conditioned yourself to get comfortable with money. And I'm not even talking about massive sums of money. I'm not talking about being a multimillionaire. I'm talking about making more money so that you can make your bills or so that you can put some in savings. You're wrapping your mind around the possibility of living off of your entrepreneurial income. That is a life, a life set, a lifestyle shift. It comprises simply a change in your money reality and in your money mindset. And that's what we need to do is work on the money mindset. I don't care if you're getting a little project that came in that's going to boost your income three to $5,000 in a month. If you haven't done the work to think about what you're going to do with that money and you're a person who typically lives paycheck to paycheck, you will find a way to waste that money. Because the need to be comfortable is more important than the need to put that money to work for you. So you're going to self-sabotage yourself. It's far easier to adjust the tangible pieces of your financial environment, I guess we'll call it that, than it is to make mindset shifts or lifestyle changes. Rather, We, We do what's easier, and we always do what's easier. So take a look at Facebook, for example. Facebook is a great example because... We might have something that we want to share, right, on our post, and we're trying to get comments on, please like this, uh, give me some engagement here. And maybe we have 2,500 friends, but only about 250, maybe that's the max engagement you've gotten, is that 250 people like what you have to say. Why? Because people are lazy. And that's not a bad thing. I'm I'm not condemning that. I'm saying that's just, that's a reality. It's also a reality from the standpoint that you have to recognize the way you think about things, you're going to take the easiest way out. So we know that we have to put in the work when we're making changes in our life that are massive. That's all I'm trying to get to, okay? And maybe you're thinking that, well, this is a privileged first world problem, and it actually kind of pisses me off to hear you talk about it. But we have to talk about it. We have to talk about these weird things that happen in business. And it's not just the money mindset that this applies to. It applies to relationships all around us, not just our significant others, romantic relationships. It's life changing as we're making the change to be an entrepreneur at home who is geared toward being profitable. It's life-changing for your significant other, for your children. It's life-changing for your friends and your extended family. It's life-changing for yourself and the way you view yourself. So, And I'm not talking about being a multimillionaire. I'm talking about 
going from maybe a $40,000 a year graphic design job to making six figures. I'm not going to ever coach about how to operate at a particular level until I've gotten there myself. So I'm not going to talk about how to be a multimillionaire today. I'm not going to talk about how to scale and do everything at that level. I'm not going to talk about that lifestyle, what needs to be done, what the family dynamic or relationship dynamic needs to be, because I don't know. That's not honest. I don't ever talk about things unless I have a personal and deep experience with them. And, you know, even if I achieve a particular level, I still sit there and I marinate in the experience to make sure that I know what I'm feeling. I want to extract out the lessons myself and and accept them and sit with them and understand them on all sides before I push out any information. I'm not going to hit it and two minutes later, hey, this is how I did it. Here it is. I know all about it. I'm talking about getting to six figures, six plus figures. I'm talking about a nine to five job and then moving into running your own business. And you can even do it when you're sick and disabled, like I did. You can literally put your feet into my footsteps. I'm telling you it's possible. So we're going to talk about conditioning the money mindset, as well as conditioning all other areas of your life that require this type of attention. If you want everything else in your life to keep up with you and your drive. When you're an entrepreneur, there is no net underneath you. This is a good and bad thing because you can see the vulnerabilities in your business, but you can also see possibilities that nine to fivers can't see. You're forced out of your comfort zone, but you can't afford to get too comfortable. Right now, I'm working with somebody who talks about the idea that even if you're fed, you have the ability to feed yourself. And this is an old sales adage old sales saying, you still have to have a hungry mentality. You still have to have that appetite that moves you forward and enables you to be fierce and close and to have a drive. And you have to incentivize yourself. And then we need to bring into strategy and logistics. Yes, I'm going to logistically run these projects I still have to make sure that I have that appetite. There's a lot of opportunity in entrepreneurship, but there's a lot of double-edged swords as well. And you get to feel whatever you need to feel at whatever stage you're in without guilt. So if you're feeling like, shit, this is a wonderful place to be, but I really have a lot of problems right now, or I didn't plan that well right now. It's okay to feel both gratitude and unsurety or anger or fear or anxiety or whatever the flip side of that coin looks like. It's okay. You get to have those feelings. Nobody's going to negate those feelings. So make sure you create that internal environment for yourself. Yes, I'm here. I got here. That's really great. Instead of like, remember... When you wanted to get here, shouldn't you just be thankful? Why don't you sink into the reality of the new situation and everything that encompasses? 
you simply can't be the same person as you were before you were launching your business, putting yourself out on a limb. And let's look at it this way. People change anyway. Even when we're not entrepreneurs, we are not the same people that we were last year, that we were five years ago. The goal of being a human appears to be to constantly change and evolve. So then you add in the natural, to the natural changing and evolving human, experiencing a significant shift in business. It's our job as humans to change. We must morph, adapt, and transform. So you're not going to stay the same. You're going to change anyways. Then you're going to add in entrepreneurial largesse, I guess we'll call it, opportunities. You're going to change even more. These are game-changing business circumstances. These are the come-to-Jesus moments that you pray for and you hope that your business is taking off so you'll feel more secure. So you feel like everything is on the up and up and everybody would feel positive. It's going to be a wonderful experience all the way around. And that's what you're planning. But just as our body does not know the difference between positive and negative stress when we change our circumstances, we will experience positive and negative emotions. And if you think about it, can you experience any emotion in a vacuum? Could you truly know what blissful is if you don't understand the flip side of that despair? If you're moving into a relief phase, realizing that your bills are going to be paid, it brings with it emotions you wouldn't expect. Jealousy, fear, grieving, overwhelming disbelief. You're learning what you're capable of, but you're also cracking the foundation that holds you in place and that has held you in place, likely for a very long time. So you're exuberant, but you're anxious. You feel crazy. Is this even my life? You wonder if you can even experience elation and relief without the side helping a fear that it's all going to be taken away from you somehow because we are also beings who seek to control all the time, who seek to find certainty all the time. So as you're moving through these different phases, and the goal is to make some sort of money when you start your business, when you put some relevant and profitable strategies into place, you will likely find yourself unsure. And I, I just want to say too, and a lot of people say, well, what's the secret to success, right? It goes back to Michael J. Fox's campy little movie, The Secret of My Success. Welcome back to the 80s. You should see it if you haven't. It's totally awesome. Okay, so the biggest outlier, if you will succeed, is going to be that you never stopped. You'll notice that the people that you're watching, the people that you're seeing rise, the people that you're seeing figure out and embrace business challenges that are facing them, they are the people who never stopped. They are not the ones who are a flash in the pan, a pop-up publishing house, a marketing house, or life coach that just decided, well, what the hell? Everybody else is doing it. I'm going to see what's in it for me. These are the people who have lived and breathed and worked through the question of what am I going to be when I grow up and how am I going to add value to the world? What will my legacy be? These are the people who keep coming back to realize they're not going to be an expert every single step of the way. 
and they keep practicing to get better and better and better as they create an environment within themselves that allows themselves to fuck up. Seriously, that's what I tell my team. We are creating an environment of growth and safety that allows us to fuck up. When you allow yourself to do those things, when you allow yourself to make that mistake, you are allowing yourself to take in invaluable information. So back to prosperity, you will likely find if you are unprepared for prosperity, it's going to mess with your head. You're going to appreciate what's coming in the door, but you're also going to run away from this new life. You're going to want to go back to your previous life, to your previous reality. You'll begin to wonder if your values are strong enough to hold you in place. Even people who work in nonprofits and charities and everything else, it's amazing what finally getting a little relief can feel like. And you start to wonder, is this where I'm supposed to be focused? Is money all that there is to it? And when you start to wonder this way, you can understand why this would feel very empty, very isolating. You can also understand that if you're not talking with your partner about these things, you can feel very alone. Even if they're standing in the same room with you, sleeping in the same bed, it is possible to feel alone while in the company of others. You can feel as though you're detaching from them. So I've got a couple, not really a couple, I've got a few questions that you might want to ask your partner. And I think you do want to ask your partner and yourself And you want to listen to the answers. As your financial circumstances change, you need these answers. So even if you're a person who's thinking, well, I'm not in that place yet. I'm working on it. It hasn't happened. I'm telling you what, if you keep going, you are going to be there. You will need to make these mental preparations. That is what sets people aside. They never Stop. These are the successful people. It doesn't matter what they come up against. It doesn't matter what their obstacles are. They're always going to solve them. And think of a steady bulldozer just moving right through the earth, just moving right through any obstacle in front of them. These aren't fits and starts and bits of energy of finding motivation here and over here and over there. This is dedicated conditioning, life conditioning. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. If this is you, and even if you're not there yet, and even if your financial circumstances haven't changed yet, if that is you and you keep going, they will. It is not if, it is when. So let's jump in to these questions. Part of living in an abundance mindset is just fully expecting that what you set out to do is going to happen. You've unleashed your desires on the universe. You've gotten very, very specific with them. I want X amount of money. I am going to have X amount of money by this date. I need this type of business. I want my life to look this way. I want my relationship to look this way. I want us to spend more time together. I want us to spend two more hours together each night. I want to be more deeply connected to my partner. So as we enter into these questions, consider just keep it spinning around a little bit. 
that you need to be very deliberate and extremely specific. And people who have not gone into the abundance mindset portions of their life, they're probably like, wow, okay, nut job. <laughs> but I'm telling you, this is the reality. I'm telling you it. You, you need to listen to this. I'm not blowing smoke up your skirt. So question number one. You can ask your partner, what do you like about having more money and what makes you uncomfortable? And that is a big one. You might think that the answer is going to be, I love everything about it. I love paying off bills. I love sleeping better at night with a greater sense of security. You're unleashing the ability to take care of things and not only make a living wage, but a luxury wage. That is a little off-putting because you're discovering that you can do this. This is a great thing about you. You can unleash that potential and you can make it a reality. So what does the next day looks, look like for you? Show up and do it again. You have to show up and, and do it again. This is recommitting every single day. So having more money also brings with it the pressure of making more money. And so you can ask your partner, what do you like about having more money? What makes you uncomfortable? And listen, listen, put yourself in the mindset and say, I'm not going to be defensive right now because I'm going to give my partner a break. I'm going to cut him some slack and say, we're both bumbling right now, trying to get to the core and the truth of this conversation. So some things might not come out the right way, but I'm not going to assume they're trying to hurt me. I'm going to assume they're struggling just like I am to talk about this sticky little topic. The next question, what do you think about time spent working? So whether it's you or the other person working, what are, is it? Is it working for our family? And this question doesn't need to just come from the entrepreneur and be answered and asked by the entrepreneur or the other party. Both people need to be involved. If you're both entrepreneurs, you both need to ask it if one is, the other, whatever. You're a team and you need to work together. Need to get to the base of it without feeling defensive. Are you getting enough time with me? Are you getting enough time with the kids? Are you getting uninterrupted family time? And our instinct is to say, if somebody says, you know what, I'm not getting enough time with you, our instinct is to say, well, that's because I had this, 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 and this go on, and you wouldn't believe this project, and you know how that fell apart at the last minute, so how can you use that again? And that's not what it is. It is an answer to the question, are you getting enough time with me? And if you dig into it, if somebody answers, no, I'm not getting enough time with you, what's happening? They're saying, I want to spend time with you because I love you, because you matter to me. They're not saying, you did a wrong thing. They're saying, I want you to be there with me more. And the same thing with the kids. Man, that mom and dad guilt, it can hit you so hard. Try to do the best for the kids and you feel like you're ruining them and all they do is cry and scream. And you can't keep on top of the homework and everything else is falling apart. And that's not what it's about. They want to spend time with you. And it doesn't matter what it is. Here's an example. 
my daughter came over and visited me last week. And you guys know that she's, uh, I'm an empty nester now. And uh, so she came over and kind of surprised me. And we found this handheld question game. It's 20 questions. And we just sat there and we tried to stump the game. So you'd pick something like a potato. And the machine would say, uh, is it brown? Does it live in the ground? Um, Do you eat it? And stuff like that. And so we were just trying to be crazy and think of ways to stump this thing. That is how we spent our quality time. And we made memories and we laughed and we were like, I don't know, a keychain. Let's see if it can guess that. That's the type of time that your kids and your family wants with you. Silly things like this don't cost a lot of money. And you're just making sure that you invest the time. What can we do to address what we are fearful about is the next question. Sometimes people self-sabotage their success. I've done it. I did it with the first business. Everything started going gangbusters. And uh, Catherine, my partner, and I, who's my partner again, our first business, we were like, we're going to burn it to the ground. It's just so much more comfortable this way. (laughs) And we laugh about it now. We had some structures in place that were not sustainable. We can look back on that and say, yeah, that probably would have been the fate eventually. But the fear of success caused us to burn it down. And sometimes we don't talk about this fear because we're afraid to give life and breath to a fear. So we just squash it down inside ourselves and tell ourselves it isn't true because we're not even acknowledging it. And I know we know people like that, or you're thinking of yourself like, I am that. Maybe you're afraid to know about who you are when you're living to your full potential. Because then the wrapper is off. You are standing there naked, looking at everything that you are, everything that you're not. There's no filter. This is not the Instagram game, the sanitized Facebook game. It's you looking at you, deciding if you can live with those facts about yourself and if you even like yourself. This is a pretty deep freaking journey, guys. In any relationship, You need to be able to talk about growing and changing together. You also need to be able to say, if I grew and changed this way, I'm worried that you might not be here. You need to say, this matters to me. I'm going after it. But I might start to get busy. And sometimes I'm not going to seem like I'm really there. And when those moments come up, I need you to talk to me and say, hey, I need some time. I need uninterrupted time. I need no phone time. And I promise you, I will give it to you because this is your safe place. I'm never going to make fun of you. I'm never going to put you down and say, oh, you you need as much time as the kids. Or can't you be on your own? Or aren't you a grown-up? When you come to me with that in your heart... I will always choose you, and I promise that I will always choose you. And that's the thing about building a business and making sure that your relationship stays on track at the same time. You need to defend that relationship. That relationship is above two individual people. Everything for the relationship and everything else falls below it. That's what works in our situation. 
And I'm not saying that everything else is not as important, but any decision that we make has to defend or uphold the relationship. The next question is, how can we better support each other as we grow? And that just means opening up a conversation, again, trying not to be defensive as you're listening to your spouse or a significant other talk to you about what they need. Truly and honestly, get a talking stick, okay? Uh, This, (laughs) I know it sounds crazy. We're people, we can control ourselves. Emotions make you run rampant. I don't care what the talking stick is. It could be a yardstick, it could be a pencil, it could be a water bottle. Uh, We used a cleaning bottle, my husband and I, when we were retraining ourselves to listen to each other. We were deciding together, all right, we need some help with this, and we both need to do a better job listening to each other. So we're going to implement this very simple tactic. When the other person is talking, they're not telling you, you don't do this, you don't do that. They're not saying you're taking this away from me and leaving me in a state of lack. They're they're not accusing you. They're saying, I need this. You've asked the question, how can we better support each other? Now take the time to listen. It's hard to listen to that because they're going to tell you, I need this. And you're going to think to yourself, well, I thought I was giving them that. Even if you wrinkle up your feelings while you're listening to that, even if they're just kind of getting all rumpled and disgruntled, sit quietly and let them finish. I feel this way. Okay. All right. That's fair. Doesn't even have to be fair. All right. Those are your feelings. And do it even if they're angry. Take a moment if that anger comes out. A lot of times anger is cushioned in fear. So you can look in your partner's eyes and see if you can detect what they are afraid of. Times of major change, people are afraid of losing each other. So we have to be present. The next question is, in what ways do we need to spend time as a couple or as a family? And this is really defining what you want your life to look like. What do you want your free time to look like? Yes, you can have free time, believe it or not. What's important to each of you in the family? What's important to you as a couple? As a new empty nester, I want to impart to parents who are scrambling with children, trying to find six shoes in the house before they can head out to brunch, whatever. You need to find the time to connect because one of these days your house is going to be empty and you're going to look across each other across at each other, at the table, or at the living room, or whatever, you're going to have to decide, do I want to spend more time with this person without distraction? Do I like this person? Do I know who this person is? And when you stay connected, and you know who that person is, and they have remained your best friend, and they are a source of joy and delight to you, it is freaking fantastic. I implore you to work on that relationship today. I implore you to make time for each other. The final question, right on the heels of the last one we asked, is spending time as a couple in a family, how can we compromise between the work that needs to be done in the business and at home? And this requires sacrifice from both people. You're both not going to get your way 100%. It's not so much of a sacrifice as it is a mindset shift. 
identifying the pieces in your life that all vi- that are vital to you, that are the reason that you get up. They might be their your why. They might be your why not. All of it needs cultivation. All of it needs gardening. All of it needs nurturing and attention. I was talking with Barry Habib yesterday, and he shared with me that the most successful people that he knows go on vacation, but they don't completely unplug. And we talked about how you might think about your business like your child or your pets. You would never just shut off communication with them. You wouldn't walk out the door and never check on little Fluffy the entire time that you're in the Bahamas. You always have a pulse on what's going on, and that's a completely acceptable. But you need to always have a pulse on what's going on with your children and your family and your pets and your finances and your mother and your relatives because it's the only thing that's important in life is connection. And if the only thing that levels up in your finances is going to be you and your finances, at the end of the day, at the end of your life, at the end of your career, that will be all you have to hold on to. Money will be all you have to hold on to. So we have to level up consistently and take the temperature of these other pieces of our life. You can't outrun fears. When I was at my most fearful and I was learning what I was capable of, I would crank it up full throttle, get into my own head, get into work and writing and editing and networking. I would lose myself there because a part of me wanted to focus on what I had left. I couldn't be the crazy cleaning lady in the house anymore that deep cleaned the house and tried to be picture perfect, better homes and garden and getting the kids off to school with their brand new back to school, shiny backpacks and shoes and everything else. I couldn't do that. I couldn't get up and go to work. I had to focus on what was left. And as I learned, I could create a business. I got very, very excited. I wanted to focus on what I, in my mind, could do versus what I couldn't do anymore. And since then, I have had to really switch on the value inside my own head. There's a lot more to me than just being able to work. It's a lot more that I can bring to the world, even as I'm lacking stamina and healing. You have all kinds of facets within you. So get real about yourself, about how you feel about yourself. Prepare your heart and mind for the answers that are coming back to you. Not just from you, but from other people. Talking about what's happening, the changes you're making, it's not going to kill you. And even conflict is not going to kill you. Believe it or not, I always thought it was. I can tell you, I'm a survivor. It never killed me. You're not being ungrateful when you take a moment and say, wow. There's change happening around me. I like it, but it scares me. This massive change requires absolute grounding, knowing who you are, who your family is, your partner, your spouse. Oftentimes when you take that moment, when you pause and when you say, this is really who I am, 
This is how I find my joy. The rest of the pieces of what you need in your life will fall into place and take care of themselves. So the final takeaway today is that it's okay to acknowledge these alien feelings about success, and it is more than okay to work on them. Thanks so much for tuning in on today's Sick Biz Buzz solo episode. Remember, you're never alone, even when you feel like you are. I find that to be a very comforting thought. Before I let you go, I just want to talk again quickly about Bookmark, J. Hill Marketing and Creative Services Editing Division, offering professional execution, author copyright retention, and all at a fraction of the price with zero royalties. So you maintain complete control of your intellectual property. That's it for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Until next time, be well.